Yo, solarpreneurs, it is now the month of August. If you are not crushing your summer goals, I hope that we can get you back on track with these episodes. Today we have James Smiley. If you haven't heard of the guy, he has a huge following. Definitely one of the higher profile guests we've been able to get on the show. So you're going to want to get pen and paper out, take some notes, learn from this top sales guru here. Let us know what you think. James has been... Well, James, the co-host on the podcast, I should say, has been doing daily episodes, so hopefully you're enjoying those. Now we're going to do an interview for this episode. Let us know what you think. Look, in the solar business, there's really only two types of people. There's the ones that crush it, make six, seven, and eight figures, and then there's everyone else. The question is, which one will you be? Over the last four years, we've studied the sharpest solar sales and marketing pros, how they build multi-million dollar incomes using only the best solar sales and marketing strategies. So how do these solarpreneurs do what they do and what makes them so successful? This podcast is your answer. Join us and thousands of sales pros, marketers, and entrepreneurs as we take the solar industry by storm and uncover what it takes to sell more solar with less effort. Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast. What is up, solarpreneurs? Today, I am stoked for another episode because we have someone that, in my opinion, is one of the number one coaches for sales reps. I first saw him a couple months ago at his uh, Goatathon, he called it. It was right before Funnel Hacking Live. Saw him and Steve Larson, and he instantly caught my attention with what he's doing as far as sales and training other uh, sales reps, specifically in the B2B industry. So we've got James Smiley on today, and we're excited to learn from him. So James, thanks for coming on the show, and welcome. Hey, man, what's going on? (laughs) What's up to all the... All the, all the fans and followers of yours out there, appreciate you having me on, man. Would love yeah. To some, drop some gold here for you guys. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. I just tell them how awesome, I mean, you and Steve Larson, you guys both have great followings. Um, you know, both are influencers, so I think it's awesome that you are able to come on people's podcasts and drop some gold like this. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, James, just looking at his, his some of the stuff he's done, it's pretty amazing. I mean. You look at his kind of resume here, $1.7 million in sales in a single webinar. I mean, he's coached thousands of B2B sales reps. He's led zero to $20 million growth for two different companies. So, I mean, you've done some pretty crazy stuff. I you have seven books published. And just looking at I know you came from a pretty humble background, James. So tell us, how, what was your background and how do you think that contributed to all the success you're seeing these days? Thanks, man. Um, you know, I um, I grew up in the inner city in Seattle. Um, um, grew up kind of in one of those like poor minority neighborhood type of places in the '90s. And um, uh, you know, long story short, I remember going shopping with like six dollars a week. That's what pretty much we had. Um, you know, so like it was like, you know, my 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 stepmom used to tell me like only shop and only look at the bottom row in the grocery store. Cause that's where like the poor people food is. Like if you kind of look at eye level, that's where all the expensive food is. Yeah. And so, nice. um, <clears throat> it was pretty funny, but, um, but like, as you got older, like you started realizing like it kind of sucks to be poor. And yeah. so I had that, I had that feeling of like, you know, not, I don't know, just like, I always felt like there was more in the world and there was supposed to be more to life. And so, um, I don't know when I was when I was young I just kind of decided like I don't ever want to be like this and so I just I, I I remember asking myself simple questions like um where where are the rich people at mm-hmm. you know, and I would ask my dad that and I remember like <clears throat> working in a um FedEx um warehouse in my teen teenage years I was in the middle of the night pushing boxes in Seattle SeaTac airport um and I was pushing boxes and I remember um, asking my manager, I said, <clears throat> how do I become a millionaire working here? Cause I was making seven bucks an hour. Yeah. And he said, well, um, maybe you, you know, work here until you're 40 or 50. Um, and then you'll be making like 40 bucks an hour. He goes, maybe then you can be a millionaire. And then he walked away and I did the math on it. I remember I pulled out a piece of paper out of my pocket and I did the math 40 bucks an hour 
times, let's say 60, 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Let's say I work seven days a week. It wasn't even close to a million bucks. Yeah. And then I remember that night continuing to push boxes and I started realizing, I said, the rich people are not here. <laughs> They're not in this warehouse and yeah. they'll ne- you know, and, and uh, not that I have any problem with anybody who works in a warehouse at all. I mean, my family still works there and I, I you know, I think it's a great place, especially to start taught me a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I started out. And I, um, uh, I, so basically the next day I, I quit and I went on to f- try to figure out like where they were. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and, I, and then the more I got around technology, the more I realized, um, you had more leverage when you were using technology. Yeah. Um, and so you had leverage on your time, leverage on your money, um, on your, you know, on what you knew, leverage on your everything. So yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. awesome. And I mean, I know you did a lot of sports too. You did some college football, varsity high school athlete. And uh, looking here, I mean, you're a pro. <laughs> uh, uh, what is that? A Bassmaster Pro? Is that what they yeah. call those guys? <laughs> yeah. I was a pro fisherman, man. Like, oh my gosh. I grew up fishing. Um, you know, I grew up um, in a struggling household. You know, I, I still love my family and stuff, but man, it was tough growing up, you know. Yeah. And um, so, like getting out in the outdoors was pretty much my only like escape. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember like, um, especially growing up in the Northwest, like I would just tell my mom, to, like drop me off like at a lake at like six in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, just come get me when the sun goes down. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like I would just sit out there fish or have a, a float tube or something or just fish from the bank. And I would rather be out there than like be around like strife and trauma. And so, mm-hmm. but it gave me a lot of time to think. And it also, you know, I started thinking about like what my friends were doing and what I'm doing. And, um, and a lot of them were just screwing around being knuckleheads, but being in the outdoors, like really helped me, you know, just to stay out of trouble. Um, and so I grew up fishing and then I learned that you could actually compete and make money fishing. And so being highly, highly competitive, I was like, I'm going to go do that. And so, um, yeah, after we IPO'd Telenav in my twenties, um, I went on to, to try to be a professional bass fisherman and, um, I mean, I actually made the ESPN national championship my first year. Um, nice. but, um, so I was, I was, I was good. I'd worked hard. I was good at it, but man, I, I just couldn't deal with the travel and oh, yeah. kind of like living in the circus feel like you just kind of like do your little show in these yeah. little teeny podunk towns. And then like, <laughs> you know, then you go pick it all up and go to the next one. And yeah. um, you're basically like living the peanut butter and jelly sandwich lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> which was it, i mean it, to be honest it was fun you know like but um when you have family and stuff it was just like way too much yeah that's great well i'd love to have a separate separate podcast about how to be a professional fisherman but uh i mean i just had to bring that up because that's pretty freaking yeah. awesome <laughs> the best master how long were you doing them professional fishing for um i was kind of there, so there's like different levels kind of like nascar or something so i was in like yeah. the i would say like the um like <clears throat> semi-pro levels were probably like 10 years just kind of like behind the scenes, um, you know, like, like, you know, after like work kind of stuff, like, um, I was going fishing like all through my twenties and, and in my teenage years too. And it was weird. Cause like, if I wasn't working hard, I was fishing like crazy. And I, I, I was, I had, I've actually owned 14 bass boats in my life. Um, wow. bought a new boat almost every year. And, um, yeah. So like I was, I was working hard. I'm truly like a work hard, play hard type of person. Like it is not uncommon for me now. I live in Dallas, Texas now. So like it's not uncommon for me to like take off on a Thursday night, go out to my ranch, um, shoot like wild hogs and come back like the next night. Like, you know, and people are like, where were you? And I'm like, Oh, I just shot like six pigs and two coyotes and a bobcat. They're like, that's good. Cool. Like we were just on a webinar. I'm like, yeah, I shot a pig. <laughs> you were on a webinar. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, coming from Southern Utah myself, I mean, that's what we did too growing up is just went out and shot stuff and yeah, blew stuff up. So yeah, you got the life, man. So it's pretty cool. And then you have a, do you still have a training program, the Texas Pond Fishing for people learning how to yeah. fish? Yeah. How do you know about that, bro? Have you been Googling me? <laughs> yeah, I do, man, for sure. Yeah. So like, um, you know, I, it's just a, a fun side passion of mine. I actually sold my boat recently. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, pond fishing in Texas is is ridiculously stupid good. Like, yeah. like they this is, has nothing to do with entrepreneurism, but they <laughs> they stock ponds with fish, with bass and catfish. Like they the the sit the, the the state stocks them, yeah. and so 
you can go down to any neighborhood pond and catch a five pound bass. I mean, it's crazy. And so like, um, and so we created an online course of how to do it <clears throat> and a web and a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And it probably makes like on autopilot, like six to 800 bucks a, a month. Wow. Ne- I never touch it. Never. Mm-hmm. Ne- I never touch it at all, but um, just all organic traffic. Um, nice. But yeah, it's just kind of a cool way. I would say it makes 400 to 800 bucks. And sometimes like five, four, 500 bucks. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of a fun, like automated way to use the technology and stuff that we know to, help people in the sport and it makes a little bit of money yeah that's awesome well yeah i wanted to bring that up but uh thanks for sharing with us about the fishing <laughs> but yeah. we will not be doing a podcast on fishing today that would be hilarious if we did one on fishing i didn't even <laughs> realize we were doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's for another but i'm sure other people with fishing podcasts would love to interview interview for that that too. is funny that would be hilarious yeah but uh, obviously, we are a sales podcast. We're all about helping solarpreneurs taking their income and their sales to the next level. And James is a master at it because he knows how to leverage the technology in sales. So tell us about your first sales experience, James. How did you first kind of get into sales and what was that like? And then how did you begin to like leverage technology? In it? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, like, you know, I, 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 um, I was working at a... Um, a little uh, car retailer called car toys in Seattle, still there in downtown Seattle. And um, uh, I, I ran the um, cell phone kiosk, you know, this is in like 1999 or something like that, maybe 2000. And, um, um, and I, I started realizing like, instead of waiting for people to come in the store, I could actually walk around and sell to businesses around, around my, my store. So I took me and the other person, this girl who worked with us and she's kind of my employee and um, we would walk around and make offers to people. And so we were literally like knocking on doors, like just businesses, walking through like, like business complexes or knocking on one door. It's a lawyer, knocking on another door. It's like a a physical therapist, knocking on another door. It's like a psychiatrist. (laughs) You you never know. And, um, um, so we, we led sales in our region for um, this old cell phone carrier called Nextel. And so, um, so that allowed me to, you know, it's like, you know, one, one opportunity leads to another, right? One, you know, you know what I mean? Like I could have just been a kid who just sat there, made excuses. Oh, there's not enough floor traffic. Oh, you know, if I was only in this other store, I would have done better, you know, but um, I don't know what it was like. Now that I look back, it's like easy for me to say like, like, oh, I was a thinker. But to be honest, I was just using logic when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, listening to, like, Tony Robbins or something. You know, I was just, like, thinking I can either sit here and make no money or go out there and have a chance, you know. Awesome. So, um, so um, I, uh, I got recruited to, to sell the first Blackberries, um, if you guys remember those phones, uh, for a company okay. called yeah, for a company called Nextel. Mm-hmm. Nextel was in Redmond, Washington. Um, and um, so I, I got this, I got recruited. I talked to a recruiter and went in an interview and I BS my way into the job, to be honest with you. I mean, I just went in as hard as I could, but I didn't even know how I got the job because I never talked to a real business. Like, at least I didn't think I did. I, you know, yeah. I definitely never wore a suit in my life. Um, and so here I am on a team of like 80, 90 B2B sales reps. And most of these people have been selling B2B for 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally, I'm not even like 25 years old, <laughs> you know, yeah. like some of these people are like, dude, I was selling when you were like sperm. Yeah. Like, I was like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> too much information. I was like, damn, awesome. y'all were selling like way back in the day. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, like I, I was super competitive, so I just, I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to be last. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to get fired. The reality was you can get fired pretty fast if you don't sell. Mm-hmm. So everyone told me like, dude, okay, man, you just got to like pound the phones and pound the pavement. That's the name of the game. It's all a numbers game. Yeah. And I don't know why, but when I was a kid, like my logic would just kick in and I was just like, does that work for people here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, Cause when I looked at the top earners, the people who are literally the top earners on the floor, the people who are making two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. um, they weren't doing that. 
you know, and maybe they had a book of business or whatever, but they were not, you know, making a hundred calls a day. Like all the new guys come in, they're making 80 calls a day, a hundred calls a day. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, you know, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And so <clears throat> I literally remember the first day on the job, I got a, so the first laptop I ever owned was from the company. I got mm -hmm. a laptop. They, the IT guy showed me how to use it, showed me how to log in. And he showed me, um, uh, what email was. I, he set up my email and I never used email. Like I had a, uh, I think I had like a hotmail account. There wasn't even Gmail back then. <laughs> Literally there wasn't even Gmail. That's how, that's the, that's how old it was. <laughs> and, um, I think I had a personal hotmail account, but I never knew how to check it. And yeah. so like he set me up with his email account and he's like, okay, you put in email addresses here, then you hit send and it'll go out to the customer. And then, so then my, my sales manager came by and he showed me my customer list and it was an Excel spreadsheet. I'd never seen one before. And he showed me, he said, look, these are customer names. These are addresses. This is their phone number. This is their email. Mm -hmm. And when he said, this is their email, I'm like, how many people are on this list? He said, there's 8,800 customers. No one in the company can sell these businesses, but you, in fact, if they sell to those businesses, you will get credit for it. I was like, nice. There's 8,000 companies here and 8,000 emails. He's like, yeah. And I was like, why don't I just send an email to all these people? He's like, oh no, no. Like we don't do that. Like no one wants to get your email. You know, like he's like, no, no one's going to check it. You know, people yeah. get mad when you send them an email. I'm like, have you ever sent somebody an email? He's like, no, no. I mean, I, I, I just know. Cause I wouldn't want to get one. Yeah. And they walked away. Okay. And I was like, I was like, well, that sounds stupid. Like this guy doesn't even get email, mm -hmm. um, never tried it. So I didn't really know. So I ended up copy and pasting 8,000 emails into a, <laughs> into a, uh, into an email. Yeah. And, and then I literally looked around. I didn't know what to write. And then I realized, shoot, I don't even know what to say. I was like going to say, Hey, I'm James from next. They'll call me or something that I didn't even know what to say. Yeah. And then, but I looked and there was a flyer that was marketing approved language and all the stuff that was on my mm. desk. And it was a, it was a Blackberry flyer. And so I typed that in to the email. I literally typed it in word for word and then um, hit send, put my phone number at the end, then hit send. And this is no joke. Okay. This is my life changed when I hit send. Okay. Nothing happened. And I thought, okay, this, uh, this doesn't work. Maybe, maybe like security caught it. You know, I didn't know like what would happen when you send an email. I thought it might go zing zing or do something, you know, <laughs> okay. like a cash register or something. Yeah. Well, like 15 minutes later, my phone rang, mm -hmm. my company phone. And it never rang. It was my first day on the job. Wow. And I'm like, who the hell is this? Some weird number. And so I answer it. And it's a customer who just got my email. Okay. And he, uh, he, he ordered like eight phones on the phone. So in 15, wow. 20 minutes on the job, my quota for, for the month was like 20 phones. Mm -hmm. I just sold eight in 15 minutes. <laughs> That's so by awesome. the end of that month, I had sold 60 something phones. I was leading the whole, the whole floor. I was leading the whole floor. Oh my gosh. I was like a 20 year old rookie. Wow. Never sold to a business before, nothing. Yeah. And um, so anyway, long story short, I became one of the top salespeople in the country. Got recruited by mobile app companies. Cause this is when like smartphones were starting. Then, then mobile technology, like mobile apps were starting as well. Mm -hmm. and, um, I got recruited to, um, to, to, to work for a small startup called Telenam. And that's kind of how that all happened. But, but, um, but the moral of the story is number one, don't be afraid to think outside the box. Number two, just cause someone says they, they, they don't think it would work. That doesn't mean a damn thing. That doesn't mean it won't work. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, if you don't try stuff like you, you, you can't win. You can mm -hmm. only be like everyone else. Yeah. Right? You have to try stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have to have that, like people don't try stuff because they're overly cautious I would say, I would use a better word. I would say they're timid. Yeah. They're afraid of what might happen, what, what their lost time, you know, I might waste my time. I might waste my energy. I might mm -hmm. get rejected. I don't know if I can handle that, you know, but, um, but look, if you don't try stuff, you're going to get rejected anyway by your bank account, <laughs> by your spouse, <laughs> by your, you know what I mean? So yeah, like, true. you know, like, like it, the, 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 the ultimate for sh like for sure rejection is not doing anything yeah that's <laughs> true i love it love it so yeah i mean it's thinking outside of the box and i think that's what's allowed you to have a ton of success just being a solopreneur entrepreneur thinking outside the box and you guys have done a ton of cool stuff so um b2b 
our industry, uh, solar, we're going house to house. We're mostly serving, you know, residential. So B2B sales, is that mostly over the phone? Is that just mostly calling businesses or is it walking up to them? Is it kind of all of the above? How does that relate to, I guess, more traditional sales, would you say, James? Well, across the country, B2B can be anything nowadays. It can be over the internet. It can be over the phone. Um, it can be flyers. Uh, it can be sending packages to executives. Um, you know, uh, it can be knocking on doors still. So a lot of times knocking on doors still works. Um, yeah. so yeah, it can be, it can be almost anything. Okay. So yeah, besides, I know you've trained thousands of B2B sales reps. So what do you see, what are like some, I guess, mistakes you see people make just sales in general? And what do you think it is that's separating the top reps from the guys that kind of fall out of the industry and don't have success? Yeah. Um, so n number one, I'll just say a lot of people have asked me, how did you train 20 or like 12,000 sales reps mm -hmm. in your twenties? Like who, who does that? Right. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, well, it's not that hard if you go to all the cell phone carriers and leverage their teams to sell your stuff. And so, yeah. um, I went and got deals when I was working for Telenav. We were the first Google maps, essentially. Um, okay. we we're like cycle zero of Google maps. So, okay. Um, I got all the cell phone companies to sign up to sell my service. And then once I got them signed up, <clears throat> excuse me, um, then I told them, Hey, so if you want me to sell, why don't you let me into all your sales meetings? You guys mm -hmm. have these kickoff meetings where you have like a thousand people at a time. Um, why don't you let me come speak and I'll give away like tens of thousands of dollars in prizes and spiffs and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. I became like a, a key guest keynote guest speaker in my mid twenties um, for every major cell phone company um, in the country. And so wow. it's funny now that I'm 39, mm -hmm. I meet people who are in telecom in, in the mid two thousands and they go, you were the telenap kid. Oh yeah. I remember that, you know? And, um, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, but anyway, um, but, um, I'm sorry, dude, what was your exact question? Yeah. My, my <laughs> no, phone no worries. Yeah. My question was just in all your training of reps, what do you see? Like, what's the difference between the, difference. the super successful and the ones that are falling out and not having success that you've noticed? I, I, I think, um, I think that's a broad question, but I've, if I were to try to answer that, I think that, um, number one, you can separate yourself in the top 20% just by effort. And okay. this is true in any, in any job, like, yeah. um, people tend to not give their effort because, um, not because they're bad people and not, and also not even because they're, um, they're the type of person who doesn't want to give their effort. Mm -hmm. they tend to not give their effort because um, they, they lose or they, and they have fear of loss. Mm -hmm. You have to understand sales is a game of losing enough to win. I mean, that, that is the reality of sales. I don't care if you're selling shoes at Nordstrom's or cars on the car lot or, you know, security software for Cisco or doesn't matter, you know, mm -hmm. or solar door to door. It doesn't matter. Like it's a game of numbers and like you have to understand that most people are going to say no, even yeah. when you're on a webinar. Okay. When, when we pitch on webinars, when you first present your price, you have to understand 99% of people listening just said no. Yeah. Like, and that's why really good webinars, like, you know, like, you know, we have some that really convert well. Steve has some, um, Russell Brunson, a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see, like, we'll have, you know, 10 to 15 different ways to close after we've presented the price. Yeah. And the reason we're doing that is because we know immediately when we first say, everyone go buy. Mm -hmm we know everyone just said no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we're not afraid of that. Right? Like, True. whereas most people will pitch and the customer says no. And they're like, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bother you. I don't want to yeah. be an inconvenience, but yeah. it's like, how can you be an inconvenience if you really believe in what you're doing? True. Yeah. You can't be an inconvenience, you know, and if you really are, they're going to tell you and you'll get that vibe. But mm -hmm. most of the time the customer just gets cold feet. Um, you know, I was on a call yesterday with somebody who was interested in our coaching and um, 
this was a, I wish I would have recorded this call. This is a classic, classic call where, um, the, so, so I really focus on sales on, I, I'm not, I don't do high pressure sales, but I really focus on accountability mm-hmm. and, and clarity. Those are two words that I talk, I use a lot in the call. I say okay. in the very beginning, I say, Hey, my, my objective today is to make sure that we have really good clarity on what we're talking about. We have good clarity on your vision. Um, and, and we also um, have a level of accountability because if you want to get something done, um, you need something to hold you accountable. And are you okay with that? You know, and I, and I, I, I bring that up to the client and then so, or to the prospect. So I went through a sales call and the whole thing went about an hour. And then at the end, uh, I presented the price and, and the person said, the person said all the right things. He said, um, he, you know, he said that because I, 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 I qualified him early on and said, hey, do you, do you have money to invest in yourself today? If, the, if everything made sense, he said, oh, yeah, I have money. So I'm thinking, okay, he must have money. Um, uh, when I presented the price, his actual response was, man, that's cheap. That's, that's a deal. That's all. Like, so I'm thinking, okay, wow. he's giving me great buying signals. Yeah. Um, he says he has money. He says it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I go for the sale towards the end. Um, and he says, hey, man, this is really, really awesome. I'm really excited. I'm definitely, okay, I just want you to understand everybody. He says, I'm definitely going to sign up. I just need a day to think about it. I need to sleep on it. Okay, let let, let me just tell you the reality of that situation, okay? Mm -hmm. And don't don't think bad about your prospect, but they are lying to you. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're lying, okay? Like, you know, there's no other way to say it. They are flat out lying to you. Yeah. Now, you don't want to say that, but they're lying. And so most people, I even have sales reps on our team now that would have went, all right, man, bye. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I guarantee you that guy's gone. Yeah. Right? So I, I pushed him a little bit and I, and I, I said, so once again, coming back to clarity mm-hmm. and accountability. Hey, man, I, I, let me just make sure I understand this correctly. Maybe I got it wrong. But you said you have the money, right? Or am I, did I get that wrong? No, I have the money. Okay, cool. So I'm holding him accountable for what he says. He said he had the money. Yeah. Um, you said it was cheap, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, so let, let me just ask if you don't mind, and I just want to have clarity so I don't waste my time through the night and tomorrow, and you don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. What, what are you thinking about? What, what do you need? To, if you don't mind me asking and, and hopefully you don't, you know, and I told him like, hopefully you don't see that as me pressuring you or anything, man. I just want to have some good clarity and help you through your thought process. What are you thinking? Yeah. Um, and so he, uh, so he, he said, Oh, nothing, man, nothing. So he's still playing the game. Oh, I mean, no, the nothing, man, I'm ready to go. I'm definitely going to do like, he said, he literally say, I'm definitely going to do this. Yeah. This is a done deal. He's trying to get me the hell off the phone. (laughs) You guys have to understand that that people are trying to close the door. They're trying to get you to walk away. Why? Mm -hmm. There's something hanging them up. And, and, and who, you you don't know, I don't know what's hanging them up, but something is. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I asked him, I said, um, how can you be so sure that you're definitely going to do this? Like, I don't understand. And so I said, let me, let me, let me ask you this. Just, uh, just, uh, so that I know you're serious. Uh, I said, why don't you go ahead and, uh, uh, give me your credit card number and I'll hold this payment until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I said, look, man, if you have for any reason, don't want to do it, just message me and I won't charge you. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, if I don't hear from you, I'll charge you in 24 hours. Cause if you're definitely in, and you're definitely going to do it and you're definitely sold and you definitely have the money, then why would you not do that? You give your money to somebody in, you know, overseas to give your credit card to somebody. You don't even know who they are. Yeah. This dude's been following me for years. He's been <laughs> at my, he was at the same event you were. I'm like, why yeah. would you not give it to me? Yeah. So, um, so then, uh, and I was being super nice. I wasn't being aggressive at all. And so he goes, yeah. he finally broke down. He goes, look, man, I'm going to have to move some money around. I don't have enough money on this card. Boom. Okay. So he didn't Boom. have the money. <laughs> he didn't have the money. Mm. He, I'm, like I'm saying, he wasn't bad. He's just a little bit intimidated. He's posturing. He's talking to somebody who he thinks is successful, more, way more successful than he could ever be. And he's just going, man, I, I got a posture to this guy. I can't tell him I need to move the money around. I can't mm-hmm. tell him that. 
Yeah. Now he should have just said that, but he didn't. And so now I've come to a matter of clarity, right? I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so then I'm like, okay, um, uh, uh, do you need me to split the, like, do you need me to split this up for you so I can take part of it today? I said, how much can you do today? Mm-hmm. What can you do? So I got him down and then I, then I hear somebody whispering to him and I realize it's probably a spouse or something. Yeah. So now I'm going, okay, this is not going to go anywhere. Not nothing against the spouse. I appreciate the spouse, but mm-hmm. I have not been had a chance to explain anything to the spouse and there's no way a spouse is just going to be like, Oh yeah, $10,000. Let's do it right now. (laughs) You know, or whatever the price, there's just no way. Right. Like, um, just like if I was started off the call and said, Hey man, you want to give me 10 grand today and I'll do this. No, no one's going to do that. So, um, so then I knew like, okay, this is probably not going to go anywhere because there's someone else influential who's there literally in his ear. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, well, I've got 1500 bucks right now that I can do. So I'm going, okay, man, let me take your 1500 bucks. When do you want to pay the rest? He told me when he want to pay the rest. I said, okay, cool. Um, so here we go, man. 1500 bucks today. Give me your card number. I'll get you signed up. Um, if, and I, t- I said, you know what? Let me do this for you too, man. If for some reason in the next 24 hours you don't want to do this, just let me know. Uh, okay. Just because I don't want to make this a, a, an issue about that. So we set up a plan to get him paid off in a couple of weeks, all this stuff. And I was going to self-finance it, all this stuff. And all of a sudden he goes, James, I just can't do this. I just can't. Like he just abruptly said that. And I'm like, what? He, I just gave you a finance plan. I gave you, I was like, why? And he goes, my wife will kill me. Boom. There it is. Yeah. Guys, they are lying to you. Okay. Not maliciously, but just get that phrase in your head. They're lying to you. Okay. Yeah. Now don't be nar- narcissistic lying. They're not, they're, they're trying to protect themselves. They don't want to admit it. Right. Yeah. So I finally got him to a point of clarity and said, okay, dude, let's be honest. You need to f- break it up. You need to explain it to your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, I can tell she's a little bit heated, so I don't want to talk to her at this point. Mm-hmm. But I, but it, so a really good point of clarity from there forward, a good technique for everyone to understand is uh, this happens a lot in B2B where somebody's got now got to go to explain it to someone else. Um, okay. You want to ideally book that meeting so that you can be there to present your own stuff. Um, there's a lot of techniques to try to get in there, but if you can't, um, you always want to say, how are you going to justify $10,000 to so-and-so? <laughs> how would you ever do that? Why yeah. would they agree to that? Okay. <laughs> and then just pause and listen to what they say. Because 99% of the time, my response to what they tell me is going to be, look, man, I got to be honest. This is my own stuff. You didn't even sell me. <laughs> like I'm the easiest guy to sell, dude. What you just said, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. So do you want me to tell you how to sell it to somebody? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, man. Okay, get a pen. So that that's a that's a real that technique does work um not it's not none of these are 100 percent, but that works very very well yeah. if you can get them to, to 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 you know say look here's the bullet points you need to tell them here's how you explain it to them yeah here's how you justify it to them yeah so. yeah i love that james and basically all what you said those objections we get those exact same things in solar i mean most of the time we're selling solar loans to people twenty thirty thousand dollars sometimes you know, up to a hundred grand, even these solar loans and 90% of the time it's saving them money. But like you said, if we're presenting to just a husband, just a wife and they don't have clarity on it, a lot of times we're going to get that same objection. A lot of times they're going to give us that same BS at the end and say, Oh, this is awesome. Saves me a ton of money, but you know what? I'm going to need to think about it. Yeah. So always step number one for us is, I mean, we try to set it up. So both decision makers can be there because yeah. that's going to decrease the chance of them saying that by quite a bit. Yeah. But then like you're saying, just being clear on it, getting to the truth and if they're coming up with things like that, which a lot of times they do just figuring out what the hold up it is. A lot of times they're scared that it's a loan. A lot of times they're scared that it's being financed, but the truth is it's saving them money. I mean, even though they're financing 30 grand still saving them money. But yeah, if they don't, if it'd be the same thing, if they go to their, their spouse and say, honey, do you want to finance $30,000 to get solar? If they don't understand the context of that, then 
hundred percent. They're going to say no every time. So I love yeah. that. What you said. Yeah. With and, 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 and everyone, you know, have empathy for your client. Like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they, they're not used to being pitched. You know, they've been pitched before, but you're, they're not used to it and they don't like it. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, you know, like their school didn't teach them how to deal with being pitched. Like no one taught them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is like, you know, how, how, you know, like when you, when you're, when you're in junior high and high school and you're trying to talk to a girl and the girls are like, well, why doesn't he just come say something? And we're like, because no one told me how to go talk to you, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then you walk up and say something that you think is smart and she totally takes it the wrong way. And you walk away like, well, obviously she doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's literally that kind of conversation happening with adults where, uh, you know, the person is saying something and they don't know what to say. They don't, and they're, sometimes they're just embarrassed. So, uh, I truly believe the guy I was talking to yesterday, he didn't know, like he, like he knew initially um, that, that he, he had a, he needed to move some money around, mm -hmm. but, but he didn't want to tell me about his wife and all these other things. Cause he probably was embarrassed by it. Yeah. Um, and he shouldn't be. And, and I should give him that comfortable, comfortable uh, place to say, look, man, uh, I appreciate you telling me that. And I just want to let you know, man, don't feel bad about that. And don't think that's bad. Other people yeah. might pressure you on something like that and say, you know, don't listen to her. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying I appreciate her stance. And, yeah. and I appreciate you have somebody like that who makes you think, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that's only going to make you better uh, if we move forward together, you know? So, yeah. um, so I, I you, you want to agree and embrace, you know, their pause, but then, you know, bring them back to the truth and the, and the reality. If you can bring them back to the to get clarity around reality, which, like you said, is, um, you know, it may be, uh, you know, an additional loan or whatever. But when you look at, you know, their initiatives, maybe they care about green stuff. Right. And this is supporting that. Yeah. Um, you know, it saves them money in the long run. Um, it, it ups the value of their home, like all those kind of things. Like you have to, <clears throat> you have to, um, you have to always associate value with cost value right. with price. Right. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, another thing is some people, you, you probably teach this, but some people might say, well, what do you do if, uh, if there's, you know, the wife or, or another decision maker, mm -hmm. um, ideally you want to get both people on the phone. Exactly. And, yeah. And so my next step, uh, the guy said he thinks he can close his wife. Uh, so he's gonna let me know by today. Uh, I, I am probably going to give him a 20% chance of closing his wife <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah. he didn't sell me on it very well. So the chance of him selling her is probably not that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but who knows? And, and, uh, and so, um, mm -hmm. um, but if that doesn't work, my next step will be to say, hey, why don't we all get on the phone? We can have a quick chat. Um, now, the reality of that conversation is you want to start in the very beginning. This is where salespeople mess up mm -hmm. is they will go into that conversation and one party's heard the whole thing. So yeah. they'll start at the end or they'll even say, like, why do I want to repeat all this stuff? No, you want to repeat it all because the other person has no clue. Yeah. And they also have some pre-frame of everything that literally has nothing to do with what you're about to say. So yeah. um, the only time where that <clears throat> um, would not work and doesn't work is in a, in a high level B2B meeting. Um, mm -hmm. You might present to a team of five people who are making a decision on a multi-million dollar thing. And those five people have heard your spiel two or three times. Then the mm -hmm. big executive comes in on the third meeting and he only has 15 minutes. Yeah. So you have to understand if he has 15 minutes, you better get it out in 15 minutes. <laughs> and the most important thing then is whether it's a spouse or an executive or whatever, is you need to tell that person what they want to hear. Yeah. You, 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 you can't sell your features, functions, benefits. You need to tell them exactly what they want to hear. Oh man, this is, this is almost no cost because of the ROI. Mm -hmm. This is instant, almost instant installation. Um, you're not going to have to do anything. It's not going to devalue your home. In fact, people are going to think you're cool. Yeah. Because of this. You like, if you think that's what they want to hear now, you, you, I'm telling you, if it's quick, you have to, it basically you're, you're, it's like a headline. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like a, like yeah. a, like a headline is like clickbait. You know, yeah. the headline has to tell somebody what they want to hear. You can't like say, 
you know, hey, did you know this and this and this and this and this? No, no one gives a crap, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> um, so now you can get to now if the executive or the other person who you're talking to, if they have questions mm-hmm. about what you're saying, well, how's that possible? Then give them the detail, then tell them the detail. But uh, if it's quick, you have to tell them what they want to hear. I've tried this over and over and over again. And like, you can tell you, you see all, most of the time we present, we tell people what they need. Mm-hmm. You, know, you really need this because of this, and this, and this, but they want it for a certain reason. The the difference between want and need is the difference between buying or not, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, like when, when I know I want something um, like, <clears throat> like, you know, if I, if I had a, if I'm speaking on stage and I have a dry, dry throat, yeah. well, at that point I want this bottle of water. Like I, it's not a need. I, it became a want. Yeah. I would pay, I'd hand somebody a $20 bill to give me a bottle of water, $20 yeah. to give me a 50 cent, 20 cent bottle of water. <laughs> okay. If I was speaking up on stage and somebody lifted their hand and said, Hey, will you buy this 20, $20 bottle of water? For, I'm like, why? Well, you're thirsty. Not really, but well, I need it, but not right now right? Yeah. It's a need. I don't really need it. Why would I spend 20 bucks on a bottle of water? But if I want it, if I got to have it, I will pay 20 bucks right on the spot for a stupid bottle of water. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly. When, the, when the sale goes quick, um, which is not ideal by the way, but when the sale okay. goes quick, you have to tell them what they want. Okay. Love it. Love it. Without lying. Obviously this goes on saying, don't lie. Don't be unethical, but yeah. tell them exactly what they want. Okay. Love that. Well, cool, James. I know we're uh, running short on time here, but I want to transition also into a lot of our solopreneurs. What we're teaching people is to run their funnels, get leads online. A lot of us still knock doors, which is awesome. But for these online leads, I know that's how you run your business is you get leads online, you close them over the phone, I'm sure a lot of the times. So what advice do you have for us getting leads over the phone or you know, online through ads, I guess, what advice do you have from taking these leads that come online and then actually converting them into sales? I know it's a little different in your business, but what do you do in your business to actually take these leads? You get a lead, hits your funnel. How do you convert it into an appointment and into a, a closed deal in your business? Yeah. So I think, um, if you're already getting leads, then that, the, the, like, like how to get the lead and all that is kind of one thing. If you're getting leads and then mm-hmm. it's like, what do you do with them? Um, I would have a couple of approaches. One, I would try to reach out to them right away. Um, yeah. Like within 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, two, uh, I'd try to have multiple touch points um, where I would probably text, like what we do a script we use, we text them. Mm-hmm. So, so the application says, you know, we may text you at this number. That way they're not, because so, some people, especially like, an old, uh, you know, someone who's, you know, a baby boomer or something like that, they might get offended that you just text. It's like, dude, yeah. seriously? I just text like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, millennial like us, like we'd probably get offended Whatever. if you call us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why, is he, Why didn't he just text me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, but, but uh, so we will, so we'll text them um, basically saying, uh, hey, we got your application. Um, and we basically say some script that says, in a sentence or two, probably two sentences, it says, um, we received your application, we reviewed it, and mm-hmm. and things look pretty good. So we want to make it optimistic. We mm-hmm. want to make it um, seem like there was some logic put into it. And um, and also there is. I mean, literally, if we look at it, it's bad. We won't, we won't try to follow up with them. But mm-hmm. we try to start making them feel like right away, like they're a little bit unique in that <clears throat> um, they're, they're kind of above grade. Um, and the way the application process and the, you know, works and the psychology of the funnel, it would be for any high ticket sale, I would use all what we call takeaway selling Mm. and scarcity selling. So like, you know, um, this is a limited time offer. Um, we're only doing five houses in your neighborhood. Mm. Um, chances are we've already got a couple. Um, so maybe, maybe we're only doing one, two or three, Mm. um, but, uh, but if you really want this, um, apply and we'll see if you qualify, okay. you know? So, so, um, <clears throat> or a lot of things, a lot of times we'll say like, we'll see if you're ready. Yeah. Um, so you want to flip the table if you can, so that they are selling why they should be the house on that street 
to get it. You know what okay. I mean? Um, and, and, you know, like if I've sold someone else on that street, I would be like, well, we already got, you know, Chris six blocks, six houses down from you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, typically we wouldn't do this on multiple homes. Um, but, you know, so we would basically turn the table of the conversation to make them say why they think they're qualified for it, you know? It. Yeah. And, um, and so this, um, this really changed. Now that doesn't mean you still, you still have to sell them a little bit. You have to explain it, mm-hmm. but also you've balanced the conversation so that they're selling you on why they're qualified and you're selling them on why your stuff's qualified, mm-hmm. you know, versus yeah, when awesome. it's all one way, that's when it gets really, really tough, you yeah. know? Um, so, so, so you set that up through the funnel and through the way that the funnel and the psychology of the funnel and the, it's really the wording, the psychology of it is mm-hmm. really key. Then all the way through. So the application, then the, um, the first text message is basically saying you might be one of these people that qualify. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we thought you were better than some other people, like some type of psychology like that. Um, and then we say, um, well, the, so then we wait for a response and then uh, what we do is we text them back and say, um, um, we're really slammed this week. Obviously, you know, this kind of service is getting a lot of pub- publicity right now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, we might be able to squeeze you in in the next couple of days. Um, you know, what time, did, what time would, in general would you be available? Um, okay. <clears throat> so once again, very, a lot of scarcity, right? Um, so this is going to make somebody go, well, I'm available today, tomorrow. You just tell me like, that's the best call call when they start saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, now when you give them a time, this is the best. Give them a time that is not a round number. Okay. okay. You like three thirty five, you know, three forty five. <laughs> okay. Like make it a, a 15 minute increment. Um, uh, I have seen people where, where like an influencer is really, really popular. If the, if, if there's truly like a lot of demand on somebody, the best way to do it is actually to make it like a weird number. Like you can meet with them at 447 to 457. They're like, okay. Like what the hell is he getting out of like an elevator? And then he's like 447. Awesome. And it literally like, it says like so-and-so tracks his time so much that this is the exact time he will be able to take <laughs> okay. like, 447. Okay. I guess they'll be ready at 447. Okay. But like if the person's not like a superstar or, or the service isn't like on fire like that, just use a round number like 445, you know, cause okay. if, cause if it's not, then people know you're screwing with them. <laughs> right? yeah. They're like, come on, dude, awesome. yeah. don't act like you're so freaking busy. You couldn't do it two <laughs> minutes earlier. Come on. Yeah. So, okay. Um, That's awesome. but yeah, but that does make, and <clears throat> that makes them feel like, um, man, this person's time must be valuable. They couldn't even wait till five. They had to do it for yeah. 45. Yeah. And, um, uh, which, which now I've, I've been in conferences and stuff and people say, well, you know, I'm just not into that unethical stuff. I'm like, why, why is that unethical? Yeah. I don't have, do you have extra time just to screw around? No, <laughs> exactly. you, you don't have an extra 15 minutes. Mm-hmm saying is 100% true you know Um, so that's what I would try to do and then obviously getting them on the phone um, uh, you know just all the standard sales stuff so making sure that you're asking the questions not them Mm -hmm. Um, sure that you're not going in saying well what questions do you have like that's probably the worst you know Um, and uh, and yeah like um, you know just understand their needs and you know go from there the typical sales conversation yeah love it yeah, that's some, something we've talked about before. And I know Steve has talked about it too. That book, you probably know it, the Pitch Anything book, but talks yeah. all about that. Just creating the frame that you're the expert there. And yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it's what, that's, I think, one of the biggest mistakes I was making when I got into solar cells is I was just coming across so needy, so beggy. Like, oh, what's it going to take for you to do this? Like, please do this. Yeah. Basically begging them to do it. And yeah. It just turns people off. But when you can switch the frame on them and make them tell you why um, you should do it for them. And yeah, I've noticed yeah. myself have definitely increased just by implementing some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> a lot of times um, when you're selling something high level, um, a lot of times you'll be dealing with a type A or an alpha type of person. Yeah. 
that type of person, you want them to be on the hunt. Mm. You want them to be um, trying to prove themselves, trying to yeah. sell themselves. You know, you don't want to let them tee off on you, you know, yeah. or you, you, you know what I mean? Like you want to, you can control the conversation a lot better if you give them something to hunt for versus let them hunt for anything they want. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> so you need to, you need to understand, especially when you get on the phone with somebody like that and they're like, you know, right away. Hey man. So, um, thanks. So here's what I want to do on this call. This is the reason I booked this call is I wanted to blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to ask you this question. So t- tell me, man, what, why is this so important? And what, what's this all about? Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> First thing I say is number one, always agree. You know what, man, that was a great question. I'm glad yeah. you asked that because that way I don't have to ask that question. That's yeah. A great question. Um, so what I was going to ask you today is, can I time out? Do you see what I, I just, I addressed what he said. So yeah. that way he doesn't get pissed. But yeah. now I just flipped the script on him and he probably didn't even realize I'm literally going to take over the conversation right now because I'm basically going to follow my script. Yeah. I agreed with him, made him feel good. He's like pumping his chest. Like, yeah, I got this guy. <laughs> and then I come right back with my question. He's like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? awesome. so like, um, yeah, like, you know, that's, that's a really good way to, to do it is because if you, if you don't address their question, then it creates friction. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really bad. Yeah. You don't want any friction between you and the person you're trying to sell something to. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so definitely always agree. And then yeah, flip that frame on them. Two huge things. So thanks for sharing that James. So yeah, I mean, last thing I wanted to ask you, James, we're obviously solar, we're selling solar. So I guess, um, I know you've ran your own businesses, things like that. If you were to start your own solar company, what are some ideas you'd have about just marketing it and I don't know, closing more deals. Do you have any ideas if you were to jump into the solar industry yourself? If I were to go in, um, I would probably do it all remote. Okay. Um, And uh, the first thing that I would do, I'd probably definitely build a really nice webinar that talks about what people want. Okay. Uh, not about features and benefits and feature functions and benefits. That's for later on when someone, yeah. there's a cold prospect, especially on the internet, you, you can, you'll trigger them by telling them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. So you have to know what they want to hear. You have to know, like, um, you know, maybe status is important to them. And yeah. that's why they buy. That's a big reason why they buy. So you need to tell them that um, you need to tell them that people will notice that you're like, like, um, you know, the neighborhoods that I live in, it's a status symbol to get, you know, a solar system on your house. Like it is literally a status symbol. Like nice. it's like buying a new car, you know, yeah. and people will do that as one of their buying decisions. If they know it's going to make them look good, mm-hmm. if they feel like it's going to make them look bad, then they won't. Right. So, um, so that's one thing. Um, but yeah, I would, I would have a, a short webinar that really talks about what they really want. Okay. And then I would use scarcity and say, um, hey, if you want to be one of the ex- exclusive people to do this, um, let's get let's get on uh, um, uh, let's get on the phone, you know, and see if, see if we can find someone to, to book. You see if you can book a meeting. See if you can get on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, in terms of leads, um, I'm really big into leverage. So ever since I started doing email with uh, you know, back when I was a kid at Nextel, mm-hmm. I realized like you can leverage stuff. And so I would actually look for people who have already sold to all of my clients. So it could be pest okay. control companies, it could be whatever. And I would go to them and I would say, Hey, uh, can I offer you 10% of all my sales? And we do a joint marketing campaign to all your clients, mm-hmm. um, you know, awesome. or, um, <clears throat> you know, and so this way, like the leads are warm and also you have to consider now I'm not spending money on ads and all that stuff. I'm giving that money away as a commission or as a referral, but the lead is a much better lead. And so I would really try to do that. And then do that might be like an email to a, uh, to an application or a really good thing would be to do a voice drop, like using a slide dial or um, it's actually called slide broadcast would be the business slide version broadcast. of that. Okay. And uh, dial my calls is another one we use a lot for, for sending voicemails. Um, okay. But basically slips a voicemail onto their phone without the, without the phone ringing. Um, huh. Dial my calls is really cool because they can actually get the voicemail and they can hit one 
and it will call back the number. So we'll get oh, a lot of, a lot of our sales reps will get inbound calls. A lot of them will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would do is I would try to get the CEO of the pest control company or the, the, the pool cleaner or whatever to him to do the voicemail, to do the first uh, one. Hey, uh, okay. um, Hey, it's, uh, it's, um, James with um, such such pool cleaning. I know we've done the blah, blah, blah for such such amount of years. And hey, I want to introduce you to a friend that I've got. I've got this one of my good friends named Taylor Armstrong, and they absolutely rock it in the solar industry. And this is a huge thing. It's initiatives mm-hmm. all the way from the government to local to all this and that. And uh, they've got an incredible deal. And not only is Taylor somebody that uh, that provides an awesome product, but he's a friend. He's somebody that I trust. And mm-hmm. so. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of him, press one um, and blah, blah, blah. And you can book a meeting, he, uh, uh, well, you know, whatever. Or I'd also say in the voicemail, um, he's probably going to try to reach out to you in the next few days. I just want to let you know uh, that he might text or call you. Oh, uh, okay. Cool. But if you want to talk to him and try to be one of the first people in your neighborhood, go ahead and press one and you'll get on the phone with him or one of his people. And uh, so, so yeah, I would do something like that. That way the, the, <clears throat> the person the, the CEO of the, let's say the pest control company, they are um, pre-framing you coming in. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I would sell it to them as, look, man, you don't have to do anything. You're going to make X amount of money per sale. And dude, all you got to do is let me come to your office and let's record a, a, a voicemail thing really quick on my phone, nice. on your phone. You send me yeah. a voice, says, send me the file. That's it, dude. I'll do the rest, you know? Um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I would try to do stuff like that. I might even go all the way to like um, accountants, tax people, those kind of things. And every single day, my goal would be to talk to somebody who's an aggregate of my clients. Mm, okay. I would try to talk, every day I try to talk to somebody. I'd make an offer to somebody who, who hasn't, who has my clients now. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love that. So with that, dial my calls you're saying you can just record a single message and then you can plug all the numbers into it and it'll just go out immediately to, to every every customer yeah yep. that's awesome yep. dial my calls it'll it'll also text um so you can text everybody there's a there's some rules and regulations around text so i would just say be careful yeah. uh, be super careful if you're bulk texting people if they haven't opted in you could actually get sued really? um so be careful on that but um okay. But calling them, no problem. You can call them. Um, dial my calls allows you to actually ring their phone. So they might answer. And if they answer, then it forwards the call. Actually, if they answer, then it plays the voice note. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, uh, you know, so we always say press one if you want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so they'll be listening. And they'll go, oh, this is pretty cool. Let me hit one. And then it, it's all of a sudden it's ringing your cell phone. You know, it's re- or it's going to a call tree or whatever, you know, so. Okay. I love that. It's a good idea. Would and you wouldn't get in trouble for like would these customers from say a pool company or something could they uh, they wouldn't like try and sue you or something for for someone else con like a third party contacting right? You couldn't get into trouble with that. No, um, especially if it's pre-framed. If the person is saying, "Hey, um, this person's going to call you. If you want to opt out, text me." Okay. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. If you give them an option option. to opt out um, or, uh, you know, yeah, if you give them an option to opt out, you know, the the other thing is if you, if, if you're not like hammering them, usually you can, you can, you can call a big list of thousands Mm -hmm. of numbers and you might get like one or two people in a thousand that are going to complain. And as soon as they complain, just say, um, would you like it if I take you off the list? And just take them off the list, you know, because yeah. really they don't want to sue you. You know what I mean? They just want to get off the list. Yeah. You know? okay. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's what I would do. The other thing I would do if I were running this business is every month I would have an initiative where we specifically follow up on dead leads. This okay. is a huge miss in businesses where oh, yeah. every month, I would email or or do a dial my calls or something, but I would hit all those old leads in a real, this is a a good value bomb here for people. A really good email that works is um, people call it um, the, um, are you still email? Are you still? So it's basically like a 10 word email and it says, doesn't even say, Hey Jack, Mm -hmm. doesn't have your signature, nothing. It just says, (laughs) excuse me. It just says, are you still interested in um, getting 
and so you want to use something general. Are you still interested in getting, uh, uh, you know, in making your house more green or whatever? See, mm-hmm. you don't want to say, are you still interested in, um, you know, solar by new power by blah, blah, blah. You don't want to put your brand or cause they're going to be like, no, yeah. but you want to say like the category, you know, are you still interested in, and then say like a general category, um, mm-hmm. And believe it or not, you will get people who re- literally reply and say, wow. yes. That's awesome. That's money. You know, yeah. I love that. So, yeah, believe it or not, you will. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, because a lot of times with those old leads, it's just bad timing for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for they sure. got a little bit excited. It's bad timing. But yeah, but but so those are kind of the the different ways I would do it. I'd I'd have a kind of you know daily you know stuff new 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 leads and stuff we're doing. I'd be working with people who who I can leverage their list and their relationship, and then I'd have an initiative to follow up with old leads. That right yeah. there, you could crush it. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't doubt that at all. That's money. That last tip you just gave, because I did that recently. I didn't. I wish I would have known that earlier because I went through a list of about a thousand old leads and I found just from people that answered from calls and emails and stuff, there was over 80 of these old leads that, that bought solar from another company. Yeah. So that cost me a couple hundred grand probably on deals. I like lost out. Yeah. So yeah if I would have known that and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but yeah, if yeah. you're not following up with these dead leads, someone else is going to. Yeah. I think a lot of times if they don't buy from you, you you've planted the seed for them to buy someone else, yeah. buy from someone else. So that's huge. Yeah. Money a really tips. good thing to do would be to um, have uh, every week or maybe twice a week, but at least once a week, try to send them something in email. Mm-hmm. That's like a case study or I would set up a Google alert um, okay. for the word solar or, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is specific that you do, solar panel, residential solar panels, um, residential solar, I would set up a Google alert with those phrases. Mm-hmm. That way, like every week or every day, you can get a weekly or daily. Anything hot on the internet that's around that word is going to push to your email. Mm, okay. And so you'll get an email that says like, here's a new regulation. Uh, here's somebody who's has a success story. Here's a new technology. Here's a, here's a horror story. Here's a <coughs> whatever, but it gives you really good content and it makes you sound like a total genius because you're always talking about something new and relevant. And people yeah. are always like, man, how does he know this stuff? Yeah. How does he know this stuff? And nice. this person's like a practitioner. <laughs> like, uh, no, I set up Google alert. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. So you can just have Google alert you when anything new comes out that's yeah. associated with solar. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yep, it's free. You, I, you literally Google, Google alert and it comes up and then you, you type in the word you want and then it'll, you say, okay, send this to me every week. Once a week, I want to get an email, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's a really cool way because now any video blog, infograph, anything, any, any article, mm-hmm. anything that's hot on the internet around that word is going to come to you. Okay. That's sweet. That's awesome. Well, money tips you gave us. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go out and try some of these things. Got my notes going. So uh, James, thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom with us today. And I know we got to wrap it up pretty quick here, but where can people find out more about you and what you're doing? And do you have any, uh, any other words of advice you can give to our solopreneurs? Yeah, I appreciate that. So, um, you know, jamesmiley.org has a lot of really cool free stuff um, that you guys can get. Um, there's a, like a B2B playbook. There's a USB drive with all bunch of stuff. If you've never been to any of my events, we've got all a bunch of events on that free, free plus shipping USB drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, also just on Facebook, you know, uh, you can find me on my personal page. Um, and, uh, we've all, we've, we're always publishing tons and tons of stuff every day. So, yeah. you know, um, just free content or whatever, but I would encourage any of your followers, you know, become a practitioner at this game and you'll be great at it. You know? Um, mm-hmm. So one, understand the industry, what's going on. Google alerts will help you do that. Number two, understand the technology that um, is going to help you and the technology that you can leverage. So things like, you know, being on this, listening to this podcast, uh, following people like me and Steve on Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause we're just dropping gold every day 
you know, yeah. teach people new ways to sell new things are happening online. So you got to come become a practitioner at this stuff. Um, and it's, 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 you know, it doesn't happen in a day, but if you get a little teeny drip every single day, mm-hmm. um, it, it pushes you along. And next thing you know, a couple months down the road, you know, some, one of your followers is the guru and they're on, they're on the show here with Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Love it. Love it. So yeah, definitely go check out what James is doing. Um, like you said, we had Steve on Steve Larson a couple months back. So check out that episode if you didn't hear it already. And uh, yeah, James will continue to drop the value and we appreciate everything you do, James. And we're definitely here to support you. Let us know if we can do anything, but thanks again for coming on the show. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Appreciate all you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks. Peace. See you. Boom. Hope you love that value. Those golden nuggets that James Smiley dropped with us. So go show him some love. Let him know you enjoyed the episode. And also let us know it motivates us to keep doing more stuff like this. For next week's interview, we're going to have Jackson Rucker on the show. He has his own podcast. It's called Door to Door Success Secrets. We're excited to bring him on the show for next Friday to hear what his perspective is with online marketing door and door-to-door sales how they integrate so keep listening for more daily content and we'll see you back for next week and enjoy the episodes wow what another amazing episode of the solarpreneur podcast now before we take off here do us a favor and go leave an honest review on your platform of choice or wherever you're listening to this podcast it helps us get the word out about the solarpreneur movement and impact more entrepreneurs sales professionals and marketers just like you and hey don't forget to head over to facebook and join the solarpreneur group for more daily content that's going to impact you and help you take your sales game to the next level see you guys in the next episode